actually 2023? Could be 2025. <laughs> Whether you in a car, room, office, or tone, Myron in the morning, got to talk for all of those. Being the, the first guest, the first guest on uh, no Sports Time Remind, we hitting the road, y'all. Yeah. We, we we live on location. I always wanted to say that, man. So. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, I love Knuckleheads, bro. Shout out yes. to Rich. Shout out to Darius Miles. Always wanted to say that, man. We live yes, on location. Live on Shout location. out to my cameraman, JB, showing love. But, man, it's, it's good to have you here, Chris, down here in Atlanta, man. Uh, how's life been, man? Life's been crazy. Um, you know, it's been a lot of changes in the last year for me, uh, but I'm definitely excited about the opportunities I've been in doing right now. Just taking all my experience and just starting to take the lead on on stuff now, so and it's good. Stuff just kind of evolving and changing for you. I want to absolutely trying to take you back. What does uh, what does Saturday, March 29th, 2013 mean to you? 29th, 2013. It was the 29th. Saturday, yeah. I think it was March 29th, I think it might have been like the 21st or something like the 22nd, but it's all good. It don't really matter. Uh, I mean, that's 10 years ago. We won that chip, you know, high at school. The, at, the at the Breslin Center against Detroit Community, yeah. Uh, I just remember uh, illness. Like, the whole team pretty much had the flu. No, nobody really knows that. Y'all had the, oh, the, you know, the pizza, I, the Michael Jordan No, I, I legit call influenza A and B, like the week of the Final Four. And against Flint Powers in the quarterfinals up in MLA City on that Tuesday, Dang. I was sick as a dog. <laughs> and I still had this cold little layup from like, I took off the third hatch. I'm like, whoopie whoopie, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was crazy. I got sick and then Maury got sick. Um, Austin Jones, like, like a lot of us got, we just was passing. I mean, obviously we in practice, right? I missed practice like most of that week. The week leading up to the week leading up game. to the chip. Yeah, like the if you if you if you went back and watched the game against Cadillac and the Sammys, you could see me visibly about to like pass out. It was bad. Wow. But, I, but it wasn't nothing that was gonna keep me from trying to be a part of that moment. Um and I was I was better thank 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 the most high that I was straight the next day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For the final when we played community. You know, because that was a big task at hand having to go against both. I was gonna say you were you were the person, y'all didn't really it's weird if you look at that year, even though y'all only lost three games. Coming into it, the season, people really, people really wasn't looking at that DCDT because y'all had a big. We have a footer. Y'all have, have a footer. footer. Let's just keep we it honest. We have a footer. And, you know, DCD <laughs> was known for a footer at that time. Always. But Deshante Riley, uh, y'all kept with Donovan Curry, Williams. Yeah, Amir Williams. We had Robertus Palakis come over from Lithuania like my junior year. Y'all kept a big fella. And this year, yeah. you at 6'4", 6'5", playing the four position. Yeah, um, Mo Ways. wasn't much bigger than you. We were about the same size. <laughs> he was playing the five, man. Yeah. What was, I mean, you can say a title game, you get matched with Bo Ziegler. Yeah. You know? Uh, and everybody from Detroit know Bo Ziegler. Yeah. Bo was a problem. He was. Um, it's Bo, Bo is cool. Um, I, I won't say I'm close to him, but I do know him. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, when I met him, it was like, um, like the year before, it was like the summer before um, my senior year. So like the summer before we matched up. And um, I just remember when I was in the eighth grade, I played for Power Strokes. Shout out Benny Fowler yep. and those boys. And um, I remember I, I, that's when I wasn't that good. I was just coming up. And I remember going over for a lip and Bo, it was this at Joe Dumars. And you know that little net behind the main court on the yep. NBA court? <laughs> he threw it over the net. Like scarred me. I was, was like, I was like, I don't know if I'm made for this hoop stuff. Like it's yeah. different. 
But you know, coming from Bloomfield and then going to the city for the first time playing against that, now I'm seeing what real basketball is. Yeah. So to match up with him on the senior year, it was like, I don't know, it's like some sort of vindication for me. It was like, all right, like, if we win this, like it's like kind of like my own revenge, my own silly way. You took that assignment, like, yeah. You know, you I took it to per I took it to person. It's crazy because me and him weren't actually matched up at first. I was supposed to be on Jarrell Martin, okay, and Mo was supposed to get Bo, but me and Mo looked at each other, me and Mo looked at each other, Mo was like, nah, you got Bo tonight. Yeah, he like sucking on my chest, like he trusted me with that assignment. So. That assignment, go yeah. on and stop I, a, a D one player, you know? Yeah, I mean, Mo had Bo could go. Yeah, South Florida, uh, George George Washington, he been over, he was overseas for a little while. I don't know if he still is, but. No, that's a you know, that's a good player right there. And what, what was uh y'all was led by you know future number one player in the state, uh you know guard Edmund Sumner. You know and, and he was a junior that year as you were the senior, the captain of the team. He was how was it? Too. How was looking at you know a young buck like Edmund step up in that game? Uh, him and Austin Price played play fantastic for y'all against the Detroit community. I mean I can't really call Edmund a young buck because at that point that was his second year running the show. Yeah, you know, what I mean, he ran the show for most of his sophomore year. There was some back and forth between him and another guard, but you know, I knew Edmund was special when I seen him. Um, I remember vividly when I was in the ninth grade. I walked over to the Cooper Gymnasium, the newer, the more newer gym, and Edmund was in the eighth grade. Him and Maury Diani, and um, I remember seeing Edmund like after practice, just putting in work, and I'm like, "Dang, this kid like different." In like, high school, and this was the, this is middle school. <laughs> this is in eighth grade. This is eighth grade. I was like, yo, this dude is different. At that point, he was like 5'9". Yeah. So then his freshman year, we played JV together, and he was averaging like 27 a game on JV. And we was like, I was like, nah, this, he's different. Yeah. He's different. Yeah. And so, you know, by the time he was a junior, it was just awesome to see, like, how he fleshed out and just, like, the work that he put in. And, like, the one thing I always, like, really, like, admired about him was his confidence. Like, it didn't seem like anything really shook him. Like, he always just going to play his game. Like, that's something that, like... You know, I really respected about him for sure. Going into the flu game, all y'all sick, and he wasn't really worried. No, <laughs> no, I don't think any of us were really worried about yeah. it. Um, you know, like at the, I don't think Evan got that. I don't think Evan was sick. I think he was fine. But like, it was just one of those moments where it was like, yo, like they counted us out at the beginning of the year, but like we know what we could do, and we knew like if we had control the the pace, that we could run anybody out of the gym. What was it like playing at a school like DCD? You know, a a, a school with so much history, Coach Kaner. Yeah. Won so many championships at DCD. Right. What was it like just playing for you know Detroit Country Day? You know the, the shoes that you had to fill. Did y'all ever get some of those alumni to come to practice? Uh, you know some of those summer runs. We heard about the summer runs that DCD used to do. Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, honestly, when growing up, you know, uh, it's funny. I grew up living at Cranbrook. My mom worked at Cranbrook for like twenty some years, and I remember living on that campus. But I remember we would, whenever we would drive to Detroit, we would drive down Lasser. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so you right go down Lasser, you go past Maple, you hit 14, you hit 13. 13 right, that's country right day. there. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, like, knowing Chris Weber went there, knowing Shane Batty went there, you know, when I was in the eighth grade, that's when my mom, you know, had me go test over there. And I went to the districts game, and I'm looking at a star lineup with Ray McCallum, with, with Deshante Riley, with Donovan Kirk, you know. And then you got guys like Amir Williams, Chris Fowler, Lee Bailey mm -hmm. coming off the bench. Yeah, that that team was. They were piking in like that team was crazy, and so like Jordan Dumar started too. Yep, Joe Dumar's son, and like so for me it was crazy because like you know when I went there it was like okay if I go here like as long as I put the work in I'm gonna be good, but I really didn't understand at that time like what it really took to the be level great. of what it took. I didn't understand what it took to be great back then. You know, and my big bro Chris Fowler like he started to take me under his wing. You know, and that's when I started to understand, oh, no, this is another level. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I definitely had to adjust. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, gym, like, you know, people in the gym during their free, free period, like, people getting lifts in during the during free block. 
Like, like it, it happened. That was not happening at Ando. No, it was, <laughs> it was, it was not happening at. It Dome, was not bro. a joke. It was not a joke, yeah. bro. Like they had the wait. So like for me, you know, just being in that environment, it just took me to another level, just naturally, just because that was the environment I was in. Yeah, just to get around there. Yeah. And then, uh, so after after you win that title, what kind of was your your basketball options? You know, once once you get a state title, a couple of D one doors might open up. I know you eventually ended up at Amherst, uh, a yeah. D three powerhouse. That, you know, we're talking about in a little bit. Yeah. But how did you end up at Amherst? Um, you know, from, from DCD. Yeah. So, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a complicated story. Um, you know, I got recruited late. Uh, I feel like I was a late bloomer. Undersized big man, six four. I mean, I wasn't really. really it, it wasn't really. I was a big man. Yeah. It was more or less like I was so athletic and versatile and willing to do whatever the team needed that I could guard anybody. Hence the name C Flight. I could you guard know? anybody. <laughs> like it could be a footer, whatever. Like I was doing it because that's what coach. That's what they needed from me. You team know. Player. And so honestly, I just had to play to my strengths. You know, and fit in where I could because you already said Edmund Sumner, Austin Price, more the I knew what it was. Like. Yeah. That wasn't gonna be my team. Yeah. I had to just be, you know, come in and fit in, be a glue guy. So, I think honestly, um, I, so I started. I, t I, had, I went to I played a couple tournaments. I had a lot of Division three injuries, um, a lot of high academic schools, and um, honestly, I just had to be real with myself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it was either go walk on at a D one. Um, you know, I could have walked on at a handful of D ones, um, but for me, I had to think about the bigger picture. Like, what I want my life to look like. You know, I knew I wanted to work in sports. You know, after I finished hooping. And so I feel like Amherst was a great spot to do it because there's such a strong alumni base that's gone there and like going to work in different leagues, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, whatever. And so I saw a path and I was like, all right, you know what? Like, you know, you, you got guys going to Amherst and then going overseas. Like my guy, Willie Workman, has been playing in Israel for 10 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for me, it's like, all right, like if I really want to go pro, I can do it from here. It might not be the league, right? But it could there's be so overseas. many other different there's leagues. There's so many leagues. That are paying you to hoop. Exactly. <laughs> paying you to play a game. Exactly. You know? And so, you know. So that so honestly, it came down to the fact that you know I ain't had no D one offers um, by the end of it. Not scholarships. I had walk ons. I had about five or six walk on spots I could have went to. But I was like, let me just go get the best education. Yeah. And that's what I went and did. So and, that was my. And, and first, like you said, a strong alumni base, smaller school, but yeah. 1,800 kids, yeah, like maybe. Yeah. Only only undergrad. Um, but a powerhouse. I mean, when you joined there, they just came off like a 32 win season. They had won a national championship. Just won a national yeah. title. Yeah. Your freshman year, y'all only lose four, four to five games. Once what was it like just win. being around from DCD to there? Just so much winning. Um, even though, you know, freshman, you probably didn't play as much as you wanted to. Yeah. Um, what was that freshman year journey like? Honestly, it was really hard. Um, you know, you come from a brand of basketball at Country Day where we running and gunning. You know, we're taking advantage of mismatches, and you know, we're, we got guys that are just so talented it didn't quite matter what we ran. <laughs> yeah, for real. Right. Like, I didn't have, I wasn't making reads. Like people were making reads for me to get the ball and go score. Yeah. You know, what I mean, like now nah, I was a willing passer, and like I saw things on the court, but like I didn't understand the game. Like I had to uh, when I got to college, and Amherst like a totally different style. Like, okay, it's not just like high screen rolls all game and like just attack. You know, fast break pushing. No, 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 no. Like it was a you know a four out one and read and react. You know what I'm saying? I have to understand how to make reads off those. And how to come off those. those. Exactly. Yeah, you know, how to read the defender. You know, if the defender turn their head, cutting back, mm -hmm. doing with the dribble at. Open shoulder. Right. All that Coming off the pick and roll, having a drive man in the corner, shake up. You know what I'm saying? Like, stuff like that. Just stuff I just wasn't taught. And I was also coming from a situation where I was a big in high school, trying to go to the wing in college. So, it was a lot of learning my freshman year. And honestly, like, you know, I played a little bit in some games. Um, but, like, looking back, I understand, like, I just didn't see the game the way I needed to yeah. at that point. And so, that was a huge learning. Was it fast? Me. 
uh, in terms of the game. Yeah, like the game. It was. Itself, it, like, it, it's not like people are fast. It's the decision. The decision making. making. The time for you to do this really yeah, reaction exactly. was a lot quicker than yeah. it was in high school. Yeah. Shot yeah. clock. Especially coming from Michigan, right? You put a whole shot clock in. That's a whole new yeah, different. Yeah, and I was talking about. Well, at that time it was thirty-five seconds. You know, when I first got there, it switched to thirty. I think my sophomore year, but yeah, it was just different. You know, it wasn't. I didn't. <laughs> it was really, really high IQ basketball. That's why I thought we were so good. Yeah. You know? And uh, so after that freshman year, you kind of, kind of probably hit you in the face a little bit. Like, okay, this is what I need to do. Yeah. My off season heading into my sophomore season. Yeah. Um, and I know you right. talked to me a little bit. You was. Kind of getting getting some confidence back, you know, started feeling yourself, yeah. and then you kind of got hit with your first injury, you know, yeah. kind of that, that that sophomore season, man. Talk about talk about that setback. You get so built up, you work so hard to get to this moment, <laughs> to catch up to the game, and then something boom like that happened. It's so weird talking about this because, like, you know, I, like I played D three ball, like I wasn't like any all nothing. Yeah. So it's yeah. hilarious to talk about sometimes, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I was playing well. Um, I think coach was excited for me um, to come off my freshman year having learned what I learned and, like, applying it during the fall, like, playing pickup with the guys. Like, I remember walking into the office for my final meeting before we started the season, and coach was like, you know, we're excited about you. Like, you're, you're, you're much more – you're seeing the floor a lot better now, and, like, you get it. And um, I remember first practice I played, like, I was killing it. I, I was pretty sure I was going to be in the rotation. You know, yeah. being in rotation ever is a big deal because, like, a lot of good players. Uh, but for me, it was like, all right, bet. Like, I got it now. Like, I felt good. Like, I felt like I was in the flow. And then I got hit in the face uh, by my teammate. And I woke up the next day with a concussion. Oh, I missed a bunch of weeks. I missed basically the whole season. And see, you said, like, something about, like, you know, you, you didn't play all of anything. But for real, D3, D3 basketball got a lot of talented guards and wings. I think the biggest difference yeah. when you watch D three ball from a D one is big man that can walk and chew gum. It, it's not too many, <laughs> ain't too many big guys you see it in D three that are like above the size of six eight that actually know how to catch and turn around. Well, we had all those guys on our team for yeah. the most part. Us and like Williams and like a couple of the NESCACs, UAAs. Like, see, they all were kind of in the same different conferences. Mm -hmm. And all pretty good ball players. You yeah. Know? So no, D three's got I mean, some, we, we some talent could, out there. We all could have played D one somewhere. Yeah, D3's got some talent there, you know, yeah. Dr. Robinson, shout out, came from a D3 school. That's so. my guy. <laughs> you know, so that D3 ball is different, but like you said, it's a lot of, a uh, lot, lot more IQ, a lot yeah. more learning the actual absolutely. game. Yeah, absolutely. A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of really good coaches in, that, in D3, honestly, um, that really care about the game and want to learn and teach, because like, a lot of them are trying to move up. Yeah. So they want to show that they can coach, yeah, so they actually have to coach. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you can't just. It's no just rolling the ball you, you out there. Right. You can't just. Put I got a couple of five star recruits, a couple of four stars who actually know how to put it in the hole. You'd be surprised. Some of them teams, especially during this tournament, it's crazy to see some teams in the tournament that still play like some AAU type brand of ball. Yeah, like, it's really wild. Yeah. <laughs> Look at like I was at Air Force and we were had to know we had no way more playbook than this. Way more basketball. Yeah, it, wasn't even, it wasn't even playbook. It was just making reads. Like you know, we had our plays and stuff like that. But like we had a system that we operated out of, like to make good decisions. Yeah. Most of these teams are running much system. No, no. It's like, it, it, for me, it was like, you know, coming into a situation like that, it's like, man, I actually got to think the game. Like, it, it made me a better player, but then, like, you know, when I ended up eventually coaching there, I just, I saw basketball a lot differently. A lot differently. When did you kind of, was it after that first concussion, going into your sophomore year, where you kind of start thinking about life after ball, or was it not until the ACL injury the next year, um, where you was just like, maybe I got to have, I got to start thinking about what can happen if this hooping thing doesn't pay off. I can't lie, like, you know, when I came to Amherst, like, I, I thought I wanted to be, you know, go be an NBA GM or something like that. Um, so I always kind of had that in mind, but, like, I didn't think I would ever end up coaching. Like, that was just like, yeah, all right. But when I told my ACL that summer and I stayed at home and coached that country day, 
um, which wasn't even supposed to be a coaching gig. It started out as like, I wanted to do some analytics projects. And then, then like, coach came to me like, bro, like, you want to chip here. Like, you're a captain. They respect you. Like, I need you to speak up. I'm like, all right, cool. I got you. Yeah. And I started doing that. Just fell right into it. They gravitated to me. And I was like, well, honestly, when you're honest with players and you, like, just, like, build a genuine relationship with them, like, they will respect you. Yeah. It's really not that hard. Yep. If you're a good person. It's just not a lot of good people coaching sometimes, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of bad people coaching. <laughs> a lot of people coaching for the wrong, for the wrong reasons, the wrong reasons and the yeah. wrong incentives that come out of it. Exactly. But and you, you were just looking out, showing so, so love to the players, so they, yeah. they respect that. And like I said, you, you went through the ground already. You did it before. Right. So you can really show what that was like. So yeah. you coached at DCD for a little bit. Just for a year. Took um, a year from school. So and then you go back to Amherst. Yeah, went back. To finish off. Yeah. Yeah. So I went back my junior year. I like... I had pulled my hamstring real bad, like this summer right before I went back to school. So um, I wasn't quite ready when I got back. Um, by the time I got ready, back into a rhythm, like the rotation was set. Yeah. So I was just kind of like, all right, I guess I gotta wait till my senior year, you know, like just get one year of tape, you know, go overseas, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then, like the spring of my junior year, I got like another concussion, and I had so many at that point, so I had to shut it down. You ever you look back at that ever now and just be like, damn, I wish I would have played. 30, 40, 50 college games, or you just look back at it and say it, it kind of really, it really all kind of played out how it was supposed to play. I mean, or was there still some, some sadness it, it, there? It, it's hard because, like, you know, you try to make the best decision with what you know at that time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I, like, if I had, if I was doing it over again, right, like, if I just wanted to chip right now and I had all the knowledge that I had now, oh, there's no way I'm going there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way I go into prep school. I'm doing a fifth year somewhere. Because one, I was already young. I was 17 when I got to school. Okay. So I was already on the younger side. And I knew I needed more development. And by the time I got to my freshman year, like, that's when it started to come together. Going into my sophomore year, I was really good. Like, I'm not saying that just to say it. Like, I was in programs in the summer in Michigan giving pros buckets. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that. That's when the game it. started to slow down for yeah. you. Yeah. And then, like, certain people who I worked out with, they was like, how are you playing D3? You playing D1, D2? I'm like, I'm just doing what I got to do. Yeah. yeah. So... I definitely wouldn't have went that route. I would have went a different route, but I'm not mad that I did because like my life is pretty cool. Yeah, you ended up at a good spot. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about that a little bit. You know, life after Amherst. You know, you yeah. New York Liberty for a little bit. Yeah. Um, how does how did you make that crossover? Because you're coaching at Amherst as an assistant coach yeah. for the girls team. Men's team. Men's team. At, the, at that time, men's team. How, how did you cross over to this to the WNBA side? I see the see the sweatshirt you got on. Shout out to WNBA. What's yeah. that? What's that like? How was that crossover? Uh, it was fine. I mean, I grew up on a shock. I've always had Shout my out hand. Shout shock. Swing cash. cash. <laughs> Bro, I gotta tell you a swing story. Cash. I gotta tell you a story about swing cash. I have to tell you this story. So, I think yeah. So, spring my senior spring. I'm in Madison. The Connecticut Sun play about an hour and a half away. Okay. In Mohegan Sun, this casino. It's in like Eastern Connecticut. It's kind of it's kind of middle of nowhere. Anyway, um, so the Connecticut Sun had their preseason fourteen tournament. So it was like the Liberty, the Wings, um, the Connecticut Sun, and like I forget the other team that was there. Um, and um, I was I bought a seat. I bu- I bought a ticket to go see this uh, player that I went to high school with, Ariel Powers, uh, but she wasn't playing. But anyway. Uh, she was like hurt or something like that. But I just remember I was sitting down and this lady walked, 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 like, walked by me and she said, now that's to me. And she has a baby. I'm looking at her. I'm like, she was familiar. <laughs> I'm like, but I ain't thinking nothing of it. 
So like her son like kept dropping stuff. So he like dropped his like bottle or something. I pick it up like here you go. Like she she a queen. Like I'm look out for a queen. You feel me? Like I ain't about to just let her sit there and like yeah. you know struggle. Like if I can help my help. Like obviously within reason, not like overstep. But so you know we just get to talking with her, and I was like yeah like you know she's like yeah I work for um, the Liberty. I'm the chief uh, chief operating nurse. No, uh, director of franchise development, something like that. And I was like, oh, word, I'm still looking at her. Like, she looks familiar. Who is I that? know this person from somewhere. Is that? So then we start talking. I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, like, she's, I forgot how we got on the subject. Someone got on the subject of, like, how, like, how did I get interested in the W or something like that? And um, I was um, telling her how I grew up in Detroit on the shock. Mind you, I'm sitting next to Swing Cash. <laughs> like, this is the whole time, this is Swing Cash. So let's, let's just bring it up right now. I'm sitting next to Swing Cash. I'm talking to Swing Cash, and I did not realize it was yeah, Swing Cash. No idea. I was sick to my stomach. Now she's like the executive vice president of basketball ops for the Pelicans. <laughs> it's like, bruh, like, I really just didn't realize who I was sitting with. But for me, it's like, even if I did, you know, I like to keep it calm anyway. Yeah. You know, I'm not the type of person. But so that's, so that, no, that's like, that's, yeah. But anyway, so bad delivery. So yeah, so I got that internship. I was an internship. Um, I had knew this guy in the league office. He's still there. Um, good guy, and uh, he connected me with the GM. The GMs. I sent the GM some like analytics reports I had did for Amherst, and uh, he liked it. He was like, "Oh, like you gonna come on and be my intern?" I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> like it's a W, yes. Yeah, like it's a good first step for me. Um, I learned a lot in that internship. It was um, very, very uh, demanding um, in terms of just like me having to figure out stuff. Like I use it, I learn on the fly, and so." Um, I just took the approach to just, that's when I really started to become more of like a lifelong learner. Understand, okay, like, you don't stop in college. Like, you gotta always be learning. Yeah, yeah, It's not like you go to school, you get your master's, whatever, and that's it. No, like, you always have to keep learning. Especially in my field of data science, like, you always have to keep learning because there's always something new. So, analytics, such a broad term they just throw around <laughs> in, in basketball now. Yeah, Everything's just, what do they, it's analytics as a broad term. So, like, yeah. as working with the Liberty, what would you say? you really focused on the most since analytics is just such a i focused on so like basically how do we value players and how do we project them so like what is the expectation that i have for a player going into next season if that player meets that expectation if we think that player is going to beat that expectation probably more likely to take you know want to get that player yeah if that player is like if we project the player to be good but there's also other stand other standpoint like okay like who do we have now on our roster how are they going to fare over the next few seasons how do we arrange our roster so that we can be prepared to be a contender in the future and you're combining that with points per game with efficiency I'm looking at all with types of stuff. plus and minus with yeah. everything yeah i mean back different, then different different type of matchups how they play together yeah back back then i wasn't like as smart as i am now i didn't know as much so back then it was like just purely you know i i might take like win shares or some type of all in one metric and then trying to project that forward. Okay. You know, based on like age and like stuff like that. Um, and just like taking the data from the past and just using it to try to understand what I think is gonna happen going forward. Um, so honestly, like it was a lot of that. And then in the season, it was just like looking at lineup rotations, yeah. which if I had to do it now, it would've been a lot different, but it's all good. That's why we learn, right? You start in it, you go through it, exactly. and then you have yeah. it for the next step. So you, you, you had yeah. the liberty, I know I saw um, you were able to work with uh, Penny Hardaway in, in Memphis for a little bit as well on, on, on his staff. Well, not really on the staff, but on Yeah, the, like I was working remote with Cody Topper, one yeah. of the assistant coaches. I met Penny a couple times, a really nice guy, uh, but I mainly worked for Cody. Yeah. Who used to coach in the NBA and, you know, was at LSU now. Yeah, so that kind of happened because I thought I was going to be getting a, a job with the Pistons, but then they didn't take me. So my homie connected me with Memphis. 
with Cody and we just basically rebuilt what he built and yeah. had at Phoenix. So like <laughs> it was a group of four of us and like we just went to work and what we had to do. Um, so it was cool, it was a good time. Um, I learned a lot and I feel like that really helped me, you know, go forward towards, um, you know, working in the NBA. That one was like coaching. Yeah, NBA moment. What was the like a big, big turning point? Would you say in, in your life, uh, big big moment there when you was just kind of switch gears, you know, take it to the next level. Um, I know. I think at the end of the Liberty internship because um, it didn't quite go the the go the way I would have liked it to, but it made me realize okay, I have to work harder. I have to do more. Like I have to be locked in. Because if I'm not, I'm not going to get what I want. And I feel like that's when they just kicked in. Like, all right, like, I really just got to lock in. And I locked in, like, for a solid, like, year and a half before I got to the books. I was, no, I was still super locked you, in. You became an NBA champion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You became an NBA, NBA champion with the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Um, talk about that ride. Because you go to a small market team like the Bucks yeah. that hasn't won a title anytime recently. It was like 50 years. And... Talk, they always say, you always hear the players say after they win, you know, shout out to everybody in right. the organization. Not just the 15 guys in jerseys, but shout out to every single person in our organization. And that's the type of, they're talking to you when they say that type of stuff. So right. what was that like? That 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 run, that season, um, the work you did with the Bucks. Yeah. What was that experience like? It was weird. Um, it was weird because um, we were in the middle of the pandemic. And so I wasn't in office. I was working from home. So uh, most of the time I felt pretty disconnected yeah. until they invited us out. So they invited us out during the playoffs. So they flew me out for the finals. So the regular season, you guys are kind of us at the crib, distant like, Zoom. You guys are like yes. Zoom coworkers, distant coworkers. Exactly. I had never met any of them in person. Like I didn't meet my my coworkers until the finals. Until the finals, the playoffs. That's time. literally when I first met them. <laughs> it was so weird. It felt like I was talking to somebody on Tinder for like four years, yeah, four months. You know what I'm it was weird. You know what I'm saying, but. It was um it was a weird ride, um, but it was awesome. Uh, I mean, I think the craziest thing about it is like I don't even think we thought we had a chance that year. Yeah, like I didn't think. I I, I, didn't I, I like for me it was no. like I saw Kevin and Kyrie and I was like and so, James and I'm like if they're healthy they're clearly the best team. Yeah, you know in the East and they were destroying us until Kyrie got hurt and James got hurt. So for me, it was like, oh, well, that's just the grace of God because like, ain't no way we were supposed to win no this way. Series. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. But, but but we did. We, we had to, you had to, you had to play who's in front of you and we right. were absolutely very much a very talented team that year. Um, I feel like we overperformed during the regular season, underperformed during the regular season, but we also like had a brand new roster. Like people forget like that roster had got eight up you know, that offseason prior yeah. to, like, we signed Bobby Portis, we signed, um, we, we traded for Drew Holiday, you know, we just had a completely different roster, you know, um, and Dante stepped up into that certain role and he got hurt, you know, in the first round of Falls Miami. So, like, I think, you know, I wasn't too sure how it was going to pan out, but I just remember um, doing some work and just noticing some things and I'm pushing it to my manager and we're pushing stuff as a group and, um, I thought we did some awesome work there, you know, as a group. Like yeah, a lot of really smart people. helped a little bit. Absolutely, because I think the thing that people don't understand, I think, is that like we have a lot of information on that side, like more information than people can even imagine. Yeah, more than you just got on ESPN, bro. Because like even before I got in, I was still like an analytics person. Like I really try to look for stuff, but I didn't realize the extent of like what they track. And they like, tra they well, track a lot of everything. They track, like, bro, I can tell you, I, I'll be able to tell you what's Giannis's efficiency 
against drop coverage, against double teams, against the blitz, against whatever. Like I can, I know when how, how well Chris comes off pin downs and how efficient he is. You know, like I know, like there is just so much where it's like, dang, like I can actually tell the story of basketball through data. Yeah. I can talk about basketball through data. I can actually communicate in hoop terms. It doesn't have to be. It's not about numbers. It's about how well are you doing. Yeah. It's really that simple. It's all you use the analytics for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like, oh, like this person is a number. No, we're literally telling you what this person has done. And we want to tell you what we expect this person to do based on what based they have what done. Based on what they're giving you with the same exact... Because numbers. we're just measuring performance. We're measuring what's going on. That's all it is. Yeah, it's, it's not... Like it's not... Word. No. <laughs> analytics is like some spooky term. Well, it's, because, know, it's like... because I feel like part of the problem is that like, there's just a lot of ego, you know, in general. Yeah. And so I think that like when it comes down to like just having a conversation about basketball yeah. and just weaving it, that's, that's why I really like JJ Redick a lot because I feel like he talks about hoops but also does a good job bringing in data. It ain't perfect, but like it's like a start. Yeah, he's, but, doing, he's doing better than most. Yeah, it's just like if people really sat down and just had the conversation, like, like there's so many people who I've like I've talked to who are coaches and I explain to them like my perspective and they're like, oh, like that makes sense. Like it's really not all that bad. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's you just, told me about. It, I was like, oh, that's. I didn't think that was. I thought analytics was way more than that. No, it, I mean, I mean, yeah, it was, yeah. But it was, it, it it was, was still a lot more. But it was yeah, still yeah, fairly, like you said, the, it's still. I always say like the hardest part about analytics is just having the skill set to deal with the data. You know what I'm saying? But like at the end of the day, you're trying to solve a problem, and there are methods for you that you go about to solve those problems. Yes, it's not easy. No, it's not easy at all. Otherwise, everybody be doing it. It's hard, but. The communication piece is supposed to bring it back to to the theme yeah. of the subject you're studying, which is basketball. So if you're not talking about hoops with your information, like you're just not doing the right numbers for no reason. Exactly. It's just, yeah. So they, they they finally invited y'all out as a team. You said for the finals. What was that? Yeah. What was that first home game? NBA final game in Milwaukee. Oh, game what three. Was, yeah. What was that like when y'all oh, finally got it? Oh man. Bro. The that's, that's when they, I think I don't know if they had started before. All I know is when I was there. And they was chanting Bobby's name, Bobby Portis. Yeah, it was Bobby, Rocky. That's Bobby was a fan favorite. Is a fan favorite. Yeah, still. it still is. I see the president of Milwaukee at this point. <laughs> he run the city. No, nah, but it was like really, really cool because it's my first time at Pfizer, and it's a beautiful arena. Um, and just like the admiration that the fans have for the players, and just like, excuse me, how much they love Giannis is just insane. Like, but it was really cool. It was a really good atmosphere, um, and it was just like, it was really surreal, especially right. so. After the Bucks, you get the ring. Um, but while you're working with the Bucks, you're working with the Connecticut Sun yeah. for the free '99, showing yeah. love. Yeah. Uh, but the Suns went to the they went to the finals too. Yeah, the WNBA they did. finals. They did this past season. Yeah. Uh, what was um, you know, just what's the I guess the, as your job duty as analytics? Is there a big difference? From helping out the Bucks. Oh, oh, the Connecticut oh! Side. When I was with the Sun, I was a, I was an advanced scout, so I was scouting Chicago Sky the whole Oh, so you were just, you were. Oh, I was going to Chicago Sky games and just like inside scouting. Yeah, scouting. Yeah. Scouting. Okay. Yeah, 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 which was cool because it got me, gave me a chance to like evaluate, and prepare for like a game, like like a coach does, and that was some of the experience I didn't get with the Bucks. Like yeah. the Bucks was just pure front office research to like be able to be on a coaching, like not on a staff, but to work with a staff. Work with the staff. Of that caliber, I thought was really awesome. That was fun, yeah. and they were they really respected what I did, you know. Because everyone I went to, I went to, I showed up to practice one day. I was at the, in their film session. Coach introduced me, and uh, Coach Kurt Miller he was like, "Yeah, like this is one of our talented scouts." And I was like, "I appreciate you." Yeah, I, was that's fun. Love. I said what's up to them. Let me get a hoodie. Let yeah, me get a shout hoodie. Out, shout out Jasmine Thomas. She was the point guard there at the time. She's in LA now with Kurt. Yeah. 
she was mad cool. You know, it was cool to like meet them and see them in person and just like it made it feel more real. Yeah. But that was cool. It was dope. I really enjoyed it. It gave me another perspective that I needed to keep fresh because like the Bucks is just all research. Right? That's like that's my lane. I had to stay in my lane. You know, that's just what it was. Yeah. And so I left the Bucks because um honestly, like for me, uh, it was just a lot of personal stuff I was dealing with. Yeah. You know, some health issues and and whatnot and I feel like I needed to take a step back and reevaluate, you know, where I wanted to go in my life, you know, when it came to the NBA and stuff like that. Um, and so um, I ended up stepping away um, and taking on an entirely different new challenge where now I'm like, I oversee like this um, coaching research for, uh, it's like a sports data company, Pivot Analysis. So I'm the director okay. of coaching analytics there. We work with college coaches. And, stuff like that to make your own analytics and give to other teams yeah like we have our own data that we source um like public available data and then we uh i take it and like create metrics and like develop reports and stuff like that and i work with coaches to help them implement that stuff into their game plan do you have uh, any interest you think some all the scouting that you did and coaching you did a little bit to even get into the coaching realm of things um or do you like being on the consultant side the consultant side the uh, side? i think for me like the goal while working for the Bucks was to take a, a weird route to get to being a coach. It's been done before, but like going to analytics to coaching route was like what I wanted to do. Okay. Uh, but sometimes you just gotta look at the path and understand where your opportunities are and are. And I knew that I had to change my direction to yeah. like get to where I wanted to get to. Yeah, dreams um, change so, along the journey. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I always say like it's funny when like I try to make a plan for myself, but then like the Most High like directs me in a whole different way. The plan, like, yeah. It's like <laughs> I don't have no control over this anyway, so let me just sit back and do what I got to do, be a good person, and just let God lead the way. Yeah, you know follow the plan. Exactly. And take the will your side, hundred percent. That's that's so. I I like to end the interview. I want to know if. Uh, who is Christian Wright? What would you say? Uh, who are you as as a person? You know, how, how would you want to be remembered? Of, of, you know, Christian Wright himself. Like my legacy. Like, what do you want my, what do you want my legacy to be? That's interesting. I never thought about my legacy in that way because, like, I don't really think I'm anybody like that great right now. Like, I'm doing cool stuff, but yeah. I don't. I, but you can touch somebody's life somewhere. So I, like, I have. Know, I have, but... Maybe not who's your leg what's your legacy, but, you know, just who is Christian Wright? Yeah, who are you? Um, I don't know. I'm a cool guy. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a fun guy, so I say. No, um, honestly, um, I mean, at the end of the day, first and foremost, like, you know, I'm a follower of, you know, the Most High and, like, and the Savior, and, like, that's what I do. Um, that's, that's me at the core, and I think that's how it emanates to what I do. You know, God gave me certain gifts that I want to act on and try to, um, try to magnify, you know, for His glory. Cause it ain't in my control, um, yeah, anyway. Um, so just want to be able to take advantage of those gifts. And I think I have the gift of love and compassion. Like, I love people. Um, I love helping people grow and see them grow and be the best versions of themselves and see their worth. And I think a lot of that comes from just the way I was raised as a person, but also just like this innate love I have, right? That we all sort of have. Yeah. You know, and I think just connecting with people and just trying to learn from people and just be the best version of, version of myself that I can. Like that's really who I am. You know, it ain't nothing really going to that, honestly. Yeah. You know, like, what I do and who I am are completely different things. Different things, things. Yep. Like, just because I do analytics, that doesn't make me who I am. That's what I do. That's yeah. not my identity. My identity is with the most high. That's why I wanted to ask. That's always a big question. Yeah. Hey, man, that's a wrap. That's a real one. Yes, Chris Wright, baby. Appreciate you, man. Stopping by on the show. Whether you in a car, room, office, or a toe,